0: Hey folks, welcome to Unsung Unsung, where we pick a song that we like from bands that we don't really like that much usually <laughs> Or albums that we don't think are worthy of inclusion in this fine, fine podcast um, yeah, I've got a feeling that at some point we're not necessarily going to pick songs that we like I think this <laughs> offers uh, the potential for mischief, but I mean, I will not hold you to that <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Chris has said in the past, if, you're, if you've listened to these episodes before This is an antidote to us sitting around for an hour talking to Utter Pish we're uh, not going to talk for 15 minutes of utter pish, so hope- <laughs> hopefully you enjoy that. But we'll,
1: we'll talk faster though to cram more
2: in. diluted pish, much <laughs> <laughs> stronger, tastier pish.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> tasty Talking about
0: tasty pish. Mark, yes. do I enter this? <laughs> so. Fans may remember that when I was talking about Big Country uh, I mentioned uh, the BDE phenomenon which is Big Dad Energy and we spoke about doing this after we did Big Country and I immediately went to Big Dad Energy so this song has got a lot of Big Dad Energy but before I introduce it I want to say that the other choices I had for this were Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. <laughs> so really going hard on that, uh, that dad energy there. You're
2: really vibing, Mark.
0: Yeah. even a hard dad week? Yeah. So this song is Separate Ways, parenthesis, Worlds Apart by Journey. Mm-hmm. Johnny are an interesting band in the sense that they actually started off as a like a session band called the Golden Gate Rhythm Section as a backup group for loads of different bands in the Bay Area, <laughs> and then decided to actually become a band. <laughs> um, they actually became a jazz fusion band, <laughs> so, so so there you go. Um, their first ever gig was to an audience of ten thousand people, which is fucking insane. Woo! How? I don't know. It was at the Winterland Ballroom <laughs> in New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy-three, and then afterwards they flew to Hawaii to perform uh, to an even larger audience. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous.
1: What it's insane. Uh, so, the, um, so this was like their eight, eighth record, though, right? This yeah, was
0: fucking nowhere near then. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say this is this is from the eighth album. So uh, this is from the album Frontiers. Sorry, Mark,
1: if you're going to say Frontiers, based on the artwork on the cover, I'd like to add a delay to it. So can you say Frontiers at a higher volume so I can really make that work, please? This album's called Frontiers. Perfect. I'm going to have fun with that. Um, because the artwork the artwork in this album is fucking wild, all right? It, it, it looks like a fucking comedy tool cover or it really, something like that. And really does. And... and I read them talking. I think it was the guy's name Scott Welch got interviewed about it. He said it was all the concept was to do with light and time and tunnels. And he said, as regarding the image in the front, the alien wasn't really an alien at all. He was a being in a higher state of listening to Journey. <laughs> <laughs> wow that is powerful so i just wanted to set the scene here before you go into detail because these guys are fucking space cadets man they're wired to the
0: moon yeah so as i said they started in <laughs> 1973 and, and this is their eighth album <laughs> uh their fortunes actually started to turn when they got jonathan C- jonathan kane on keys and when they released the album um departure <laughs> in 1980 that's when they had that big single anyway you want it which is obviously a massive, massive tune. And then the following album, Escape, is when they had Don't Stop Believing, which is interesting fact about that song. The chorus doesn't actually come in until three minutes. It's like a song which is basically full of tension. It's quite interesting. And then they had this album for you
1: instance. You know, can see that song, that Don't Stop Believing, I think that has to be the most overplayed song of like two years ago for, for quite some time because all these people in like talent competitions kept doing covers of it and it was just, fucking absolutely ground into dust man i can't hear it now
2: but i mean it was also it was like a big student cheesy song when i was a student you know in the late 2000s up there with
1: even that's like, that's that's gone for me as well yeah. i can't even hear it ironically anymore
2: but i mean it is also the song over the greatest final scene of television of all time as well so the which end one? Of the, the end is the pranos
1: damn they- I've not fucking seen The end of the season yet Oh Oh, oh well I mean that's fine They just play the song Of the (laughs) end Yeah Well I know when that fucking song Starts at the end Right Um, Jesus Christ Alright, okay, okay Well, I'll take that as a positive Because I've got something to look forward to, right? Uh, I mean, I mean it's it's just, only, it's,
2: you're only 20 years late, Chris Jesus Christ, <laughs> catch up That's
1: that's why I'm doing it Because right? I've <laughs> the error in my ways And I've got a flatmate that constantly drops references And I don't know what he's talking about So I had to catch up Yeah, that's um, But. I mean this is the quintessentially eighties fucking music. I mean this is like Top Gun meets karate kid, but it's fucking rocky montage. But
2: it's like in that way it's eighties but from a seventies band. It's huge, and it is just built for montages. But it's definitely yeah. got power yacht rock vibes. You know, <laughs> yeah, like,
1: yacht rock. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> it's like this is a band that you know used to tour with Boston and you know Foreigner and stuff like that. It's not. It's not just pure eighties pop or eighties. You know, it's it's got a sort of 70s rock lineage that you can hear within it.
1: Yeah, oh, they said that this, this entire tune was written as a sort of throwback to their collective love of Motown. And I can kind of see that. Like you know, The delivery's wildly different, but I can I can hear that in it once,
0: I, once I'd read that, yeah. Um, Neil Sean, the guitar player, he used to play for Santana. Was, he was in Santana's band. And he's he's a fucking cracking guitar player in his own right. One of the things that, kind of really got me about this song when I first heard it was that the the guitar is obviously that really quite quintessential 80s super gainy, quite reverb-y chunky guitar but it's a really nice little sort of counter melody almost to that although it's very of the time, that synth which is clearly one of the the lead things in the song it feels a bit timeless now that sound, because it's been used so much by more contemporary artists even if the song itself is not particularly contemporary sounding Thing things get that completely like overblown reverby and kind of delay vibe which is quite cool um at the start, it has the guitar and the, the keys, as I said, Then it kind of segues into that sort of patented, sort of real high-in-the-mix 80s synth. Um, I like it. There's a lot of cool detail in the main guitar riff. It's not just like chug-chug. There's like a little sort of like mutant in it, which is like a, a nice little rhythmic touch, which is definitely kind of heralding back to that kind of jazzy, motowny sort of actually having percussive playing alongside the really big and open drums, which are really spacey and kind of give the guitar and the keys a lot wow. of room to kind of breathe and then the vocals as well when they come in i think see them see the keys they, they used a, um
1: used a thing called a Roland jupiter 8 for that which was like a huge sound in the 80s it's actually i think what john carpenter used a lot as well uh but that's like that's a big part of the sound of this song for me as well it's really identifiable actually maybe feels a wee bit out of place and gives it a
0: bit of a proggy edge. Does yeah, and that, that probably comes back to the, the, the fact that they've been going this at this point they've been going for ten years as a band. You know, they are, they are definitely a seventies band, like Dave says, trying to do something in the eighties. Um,
1: I mean, the entire purpose of this this song all hinges on the this A minor D D sharp progression at the very end of each of the chorus parts. Does this strange chord progression up, and that's that is the hook in the song. I mean, there's loads of other little details, but that is the bit that you recognise, or that you
0: sing, or that you anticipate. Yeah, I mean, it's the, all about that. The actual the actual structure of the song is, is actually a fairly uncommon thing. Yeah, The verse and the chorus are kind of mostly the same one seven six progression, and then the, the, the bridge bit sort of switches up to that uh, three seven a uh, three seven four bit, which is when they kind of move between having a little bit of tension with the C in there. It's pretty cool, and then yeah, they bring that sixth chord in. Um, and then they kind of move into that back to the sort of G D minor progression. Uh, sorry, G D A minor progression, which kind of underpins the whole third song. But you're right, there's that little bit in the in the chorus, which is like a D sharp diminished. I think it is mm-hmm. which is that chord, yeah, which is what, what right. it gives yeah. it that tension. Yeah. Um, and it's really really cool. You know, um, I think the song's got a lot of nice movement in it. You know that there's a lot of space for different elements to actually sit really nicely in the mix, and everything's everything sits in its place without overwhelming the other thing. Um, it's a really clever bit of songwriting, I think, in that in that regard, and it, it shows that they were maybe thinking back to being, oh, we are decent songwriters, but also having one ear on the radio and maybe what was happening in the eighties, and trying to bring their sound into a really sort of contemporary hmm. kind of focus, you know. Um, so, so, um, so this
1: is this is all very well. Right, And I'm sure all three of us can enjoy this song like any big 80s anthem, right? But there's a fucking elephant in the room here and it's a video. The video's fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> it's so good. The video
0: amazing. for this I'll song. Video.
1: This is a fucking... Fa- this is actually a surprisingly famous video, right? Um, I mean, this is a video that I think primarily was known because the band were playing invisible instruments. And, like, they've said that no matter what they do with their career, they'll always be known as the guys playing invisible instruments in this video. But... I mean, they're total fucking munters in it. I mean, honestly, they're like, you know, the 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 packaging, the presentation of rock bands hadn't quite got so slick uh, that people like this were allowed to slip through the net. I mean, they're a funny-looking bunch, and they even say that. They say they we're not actors, we're not photogenic, we shouldn't have been in that video. We preferred, like, stadium or, you know, performance videos. We didn't like doing those kind of, like, pretend sort of things. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about this is that it highlights just how much the 80s was the decade of legs, right? Because I was watching, um, was it Seen Weevil, Hear No Evil the other night? They're obsessed with legs and that. Uh, what's his name that had that song? Um, the Lights Are on. Robert Palmer was obsessed with legs. ZZ, ZZ Tops? Yeah, they were obsessed with legs. Um, everybody in the fucking 80s was obsessed with legs. So like power dressing women with like, a hem down the back of their tights. It was the legs decade. And I'm pretty sure that the 90s with Baywatch was probably the boobs decade. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what the noughties was but I know the tens or the teenies whatever is the bum decade because that's when big old twerking came in (laughs) if if, if you as the audience can figure out what the noughties was the decade of then let us know Um, there's one thing missing from that list and I'm worried in case that's what it is (laughs) Make a, a very oh, <laughs> you I mean, that Cardi B that, that card song to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I mean this video is so fucking crap but it's kind of brilliant because of it I mean it, it, apparently right um, Steve Perry the singer and his girlfriend a, a woman called at the time called Cherie Swafford uh, had like the ultimate spinal tap Yoko dynamic going on like she wasn't meant to be in the set but she invited herself along to the set and was constantly getting involved and the rest of the band fucking hated it and they had that real like tension going all the way through it and apparently she really hated the model because she thought the model was too hot and that there was a bit of flirtation going on and caused a huge ruckus on set about it as well that video got totally ripped uh, by Beavis and ButtHead uh, in one of their episodes, and that guy Jonathan Kane, the keyboardist, tried to get the episode of Beavis and ButtHead pulled so that he couldn't he couldn't broadcast it because he was he's like his ego was so damaged with it. Um, and funnily enough, MTV voted this number thirteen in the worst music videos of all time.
0: Yes, yeah, but it's, it's fucking hilarious how bad it is. But it's also great because <laughs> of how bad it is. Um, I mean, apparently the yeah, most. I mean, I, I agree they mostly winged it right they were just told they basically turned up and were told to do things and then they just it was all improvised um, and apparently there a large boat arrived from the UK in that dock that day and they kept shouting for journey <laughs> which is quite funny <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I think it's an interesting choice because it's not one of the two biggest Journey songs, at at least from my perspective. Uh, And so that's kind of fun. And it was weird because you suggested that I didn't know the name at all. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this song. And more to the point, I know that A minor, D, D sharp diminished bit Mm -hmm. because it's just the the bit. No, I quite quite like it, man. It's quite a cool song. I've chucked it on a couple of playlists, actually.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just big fucking... 80s power rock My favourite part Is actually Like the wee harmonics On the guitar That are hidden in the verse But it's I mean it's built for Rocky montages Basically basically, And I'm into that Exactly Yeah it is And I I mean It's a film It's got a a montage It's got a total Woodley for the sake of it Guitar solo (laughs) Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just they, Why are you they doing that There is there's, <laughs> there's no point Apart from It's so whack man You're it's trying so to It's so fucking yeah. whack But yeah great
1: <laughs> Well into it Nice one Mark Don't oh, thanks, stop lads.
2: Bringing these songs to us Yeah great <laughs> Alright Well uh, See you next week
1: Bye See you